my family and I are honored to wish you uh, and your family members a happy 2022. And uh, you will allow me to make pronouncements of blessings upon your lives. And so uh, I have a couple of pronouncements um, I want to make. And so are, are you ready for it? And this is just prayer. I, in uh, this year 2022, may your worship never be hindered. And if you feel like you want to say amen, say amen. If you want to say amen later on, that's fine. May your life glorify God and enjoy him through this year forever. May calamities and pestilences be kept away from you and your beloved ones. Like Sarah and, and Leah and Hannah, may the dry wombs bring forth life that will out, uh, outli outlive them. Uh, may all the roads you will drive in be kept from all dangers. In 2022, may your harvest be plentiful. May your neighbor come to greet you and your of offenders call to apologize. May, may the prodigal sons and daughters find their ways back, back home. Amen. May the unfinished projects, projects be crowned with success. May loneliness be the thing of the past. May truth be, may be, may truth be your shield and defender. May the, the host, the, sorry, may the lost be found. May refugees, homeless, and the marginalized find safety and comfort. So if you believe in this, you may say amen. Why, why is so important is because you are affirming with these prayers. Because Jesus said in uh, Mark eleven twenty four that uh, he told his disciples and said, whatever you ask for in the prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Hallelujah. So let's now uh, get into the scripture. But that was a list of um, the pronouncements. My prayers for you and for our church and if you want, you can go ahead and also make a list and, uh, and send them because these are the promises and they really have, they have power, they have life. Um, so I want to share about the, ways, uh, the wisest resolutions uh, and that is the, um, the menu for today. And for us to be able to do that, we look into Matthew uh, chapter 2, verse 13 uh, to 23. But we will also be doing re making reference to the earlier verses of uh, the same chapter, chapter 2 of the Gospel of 
Matthew. So I want us just to uh, um, take time and, and reflect. But before that, let me just say once again the word of prayer. Lord, thank you for the privilege we have to be here, to sit here and listen to your word. Thank you that you are here and you have something in store for us uh, just to, to enjoy. So we just want to ask your presence to guide us as, as we um, reflect on your word, the things that were written in your word about you. May they be real to us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So in um, passage uh, chapter 2, verse um, uh, 13 to 23, uh, this passage tells us that the newborn king to whom we offered a worship two weeks ago. You remember when we started worship, carol, celebration, and Sundays, we came here uh, to, uh, and prayed and worship, celebrating. This chapter, or this passage, is telling us that that celebration seems to be in trouble, that that son of God born in Bethlehem is in trouble. He and his mother and his father can no longer receive gifts because there are, there are nowhere to be found in Bethlehem. So in the cold, cold terrible winter night, they are forced to leave Bethlehem to Egypt. And If you, they wanted to come, people wanted to come to worship and bring Christmas gift, <laughs> gifts, the baby is nowhere. It's terrible news for, it's sad for the family, for baby Jesus. It's sad also for people who wish to bring gifts to uh, this baby. Excuse me. And King Herod the Great is searching to destroy this child. And so they fled in Egypt. You will recall, of course, that um, for these guys, what could be going through in the, in the, in the minds and the hearts of this, this couple, Egypt doesn't have a good history with them, at least with the Jews. It's not good. It's, it doesn't have a good story. It was a land of slavery. And so God saved their, uh, their ancestors uh, from the hands of the crooked king Pharaoh and brought them to, um, and took them to the promised land. So this is where they are going. But against, I mean, it means they are going there against their own wish and will. But yes, they had to go. Um, I don't know about uh, what the, the Egyptians were thinking about. Mostly, maybe they didn't pay attention. But what I know is that um, some Africans pride, you know, Africa, you know, Egypt is in Africa for those <laughs> who may not know. 
But Africans really delight, um, take pride in, in the fact that they have, you know, um, welcomed the child, the, the son of God. And sometimes we make a case and say, Lord, never forget us because we are your friend. We offer the hospitality to you. Um, and, and so, and, and actually, there's that kind of ownership. By the way, for I have seen in, among Africans that Jesus is, is our own. We took care of him. And so when even we go to him and worship, we feel like we were worshiping our own, <laughs> or at least the one who knows us. However, on a sad note, um, yes, I mean, these guys are, are there. They found refuge. And we are told that later on, uh, after the king died, they went back. But part of this passage we see is the sad story that, um, that those who were not able to go to, to receive the message from the angel to flee to Egypt. To Egypt. And you know what happened. Um, they, the, the children um, born at the same time with Jesus or uh, Jesus, um, what do you call it, age mates, you know, in Bethlehem are being massacred. And that's a record in the scripture. And I want you to see uh, something, you know, when you're looking at the, the first page, I mean, first chapter of Matthew is talking about the birth and the genealogy of Jesus. And then uh, chapter 2 um, and, and also the birth of Jesus. And chapter 2 is talking about how the worship that Jesus offered. This is the worship and, you know, the gifts and all that Jesus received. But immediately after that, that's where we see a terrible thing. I, I don't know whether you thought we, you, you've just felt the same the way I felt. Um, immediately, the child is even not even... Um, more than three years old, things are happening, are being killed because of baby Jesus. So that's the sad news I felt like. It's so sad. Jesus was born, but there are people who are dying. I, I think I was wrestling with the question of where is justice later on. I think, you know, Jesus, you came, and even angels appeared to your mom and dad, and you went to Egypt, you escaped, and the others who remain there, and they are being massacred. And there's something like came to me just to try to remember. It's something like what happened recently with when, when the US Army left Afghanistan, isn't it? That those Christians who have, you know, who have developed good relationship with um, uh, forces from outside and the fed comfort and, you know, uh, they were there. They felt like, you know, you know the Christianity had, you know, every Christian felt had, had the right, not even Christians, but even everyone felt that, that freedom. Only when these guys left, these kids, I mean, these, these dear ones, we're wondering, so what next? Where are we? And so much terrible suffering happened to them. Please don't forget to pray for them. 
at some point, they were, I mean, they, they are already part and parcel of our, 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 our lives. I'm, I'm not talking about only Americans, but even me, an African there, some, you know, I felt that we have brothers and sisters there. So there's that bond of love. But so Jesus is God, but this guy, this, these other ones are being, um, you know, being massacred. So I asked, where is the justice of God? That's the question I wrestled with. But I just remembered, I just remembered by the grace of God, just to know that This same God, Jesus, I'm sure he knew or he heard about it when he, later on, when he, we know that who he is indeed, amen? He is, what he is? He is the Lord over death. So if there's anyone who, whom the first person, the Lord will be able to remember, when he calls people to life, at least they have received eternal life. For me, I believe are these babies. I haven't heard from any theologian or whatever, but I know Jesus will never forget them. That's number one. Number two, Jesus brought justice also later on. Um, Pastor Ben can tell me another brethren, uh, but I, I can't exactly remember. I didn't go to research, so forgive me. But how many years King Herod lived after um, the children, I mean, after the, the you know, uh, Jesus, uh, after the massacre, you know, he ordered the massacre. Uh, for how long did, um, how long did he live? Maybe not long. So we also see immediate judgment and, you know, judgment upon the people who do evil. But anyway, that's, that's the whole thing. I mean, I, that's, what, that's what I wanted to tell you. I'm just talking about the experience of the Son of God went through, and so he's a refugee in a the, in, in the foreign land, and um, the children um, born at the same time with Jesus are being massacred, and we also see justice. And the chapter, um, the chapter ends with uh, the story of Jesus moving away from Egypt, going back into Palestine, and, and that's where he's going to settle. From there, he will do the ministry, um, which um, that must be where, where he was born. Where is that? Um, where he came first, where the mother came from first and went to uh, Bethlehem. Uh, that's where they went back, and that's Nazareth, isn't it? That's went back to Nazareth, and, 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 um, and that's where later on he will come from and launch the ministry, uh, his ministry. So let's now, um, I want us just to learn, to just focus on this king and see 
what we can learn, what the Bible is teaching us about the behavior of this king. And, and from there, we will be able to learn the best, um, uh, the wisest resolutions. Of course, we have seen that this, this is a, um, a cruel, um, the cruel king. And we are asking, why did this guy choose to, to kill, to be so cruel, uh, to be cruel, um, why did he opt to kill innocent babies? And in order to find out the answers, we need to remember that all was well until the wise men came with a question and a statement. Where is, who, is he who has been born king of the Jews? Until that time, all was well. But when this question and a statement was thrown to him, um, the problem rose. Where is he who has been born king of, of the Jews? We have come to worship him. So the possible then uh, possibility and the reason of his, of, um, his evil behavior is his deep-seated insecurity within himself. That could be maybe the reason um, that he behaved that way. The, deep within himself, he knew that he was not supposed to be sitting on the throne of Judah. You remember, he was a puppet king. He wasn't a really king, Jew, I mean a king of, from, from Judah. Uh, I mean, he was a, a king from Judah's, Judah, I mean, from, um, I, I mean, he was a king of Judah, <clears throat> um, uh, but he wasn't uh, the king, the really Jew. He knew he was an illegit king. Yet, Herod knew that although a baby, Though a baby, Jesus embodied all the faculty <clears throat> and all the rights to be the king of Judah. He knew that. So for him to hear that there is a real rising king because he's from Judah and more um, assuring from uh, the Davidic lineage made him fear that he will be dethroned. So. To kill, to kill baby Jesus and all uh, his age mates would ensure and secure, uh, ensure that no one else um, will ascend to kingship in Judea except his children and perhaps his relatives. So Herod was a, a terrible, power-hungry man, but he was also a, an insecure person. Why did he kill the babies? Why did he have to do that? Why was he seeking 
baby, to kill and destroy baby Jesus. So that could have been the reason, the first reason. Um, but what compounded his insecurity was his incompetence in ways he ran the affairs of the kingdom. We read that you know, this, his incompetence you know, is, is, is what we see. We read that when the question was posed, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? He assembled all the chief priests and all scribes of the people to inquire of them where the child was born. That is in verse 3, chapter 2, verse 3. The king didn't know the answer. You know, when the question was thrown to him, he didn't know the answer. Yet, it is a fact. Another king had secretly invaded Judah. Unlike the wise men who came from afar knowing that a king was born in Judea, King Herod looked foolish and embarrassed in the eyes of everybody present. Why did he look uh, embarrassed, you know, uh, and foolish? Because this was a specific security question uh, of kingdom importance. To claim that there is another king in the land other than himself would threaten the security of the kingdom. You know, he knew this, he knew his administration and administration has several flaws and that, uh, and that compounded his insecurity. Knowing that there, you know, that you are not in control and actually a foreign force or, you know, king has invaded your, your, your territory right is, you know, at the doorstop or, I mean, right there next to you, will make you insecure and perhaps um, make you know, this king to behave in an unfamiliar way. He knew his administration has, of course, several um, flaws. Um, as we have seen that insecurity, uh, as we have seen, that insecurity led him uh, to make rational and evil decisions that made Bethlehem weep. The second possible reason uh, I want to suggest is that um, that which made the King Herod wanting to kill baby Jesus is, um, is his obsession to be worshipped as a king. And how do we uh, come, how do we arrive at that? Is um, to hear that the purpose, uh, the purpose of uh, the wise man to come uh, to Judea was to offer the worship to the born king. Uh, baby, um, I mean, knowing that, that um, the worship was you know, was uh, people were coming to worship Jesus. It steered um, an outrage within himself. 
he might have, of course, asked himself, who had the right to transfer the ownership of being worshipped from me to that dangerous baby? No way. The worship is mine and mine alone. And any potential competitor must be crushed. So why did the king kill baby Jesus? Why did he have to kill um, all the babies? We are, we are seeing that insecurity for himself, but also his incompetence in matters of um, uh, leading uh, the, uh, the kingdom, but also that obsession of wanting to be the only one to, uh, to be worshipped. He was claiming um, the rights of God to be worshipped. We must know, um, so maybe those could be the main, main, main reasons, but let's now um, wind up on this and um, uh, on this in-depth uh, scrutiny uh, uh, on the reasons and the motives uh, that led King uh, Herod uh, to mother children and baby, uh, wanting to kill baby Jesus. Uh, but and try to get a clear and strong conviction uh, that whatever motive might have led to uh, Herod um, to wanting to kill, uh, to, to, to behave in the way he did, um, is that whatever motive, it is clear uh, that uh, an alternative king was needed. He just fell the test. He fell short of all standards of a king and therefore a true and not a puppet uh, insecure king um, who, rules with, who rules with love and righteousness uh, had to take the center stage of the kingdom. The baby-born king must return from exile and return, indeed he returned, and to rule, and indeed he ruled. So what is the, wise, uh, the wisest resolutions for 2022 uh, that we can glean from uh, this story? I suggest one, um, just to choose to be wise. Choose to be wise. Wise men were wise because they chose to go and search baby Jesus and to offer him a worship. And the best way to be wise is to, sing, to, to seek to find uh, King Jesus. The Bible promised that, uh, that that can be a possibility and that when one um, seeks to find Jesus, seeks to find God here, uh, with all his determination, he will be found. Um, let me say this. Um,
what made uh, King Herod um, to look, uh, I mean, to uh, led him to do what he did that led him to his uh, destruction is that um, he was told a king was born, and he never inquired about this king. Who, who is he in terms of what is he bringing? What is his motive? But he was led by rage and, and anger and selfishness, as we have seen, and went to, to kill Jesus. He, um, he, had no, he had no place for Jesus. And there are so many people in this world that have no space for Jesus. Even hearing the name of Jesus is an offense. Um, we are not talking about Muslims. We are not talking about other people. Even uh, people born in Christian nations, the name of Jesus is becoming an offense to them. And that is what keeps, that is what is really um, saddening because this king has come has come to, to reign with love and justice and, and um, to just bring total transformation in the lives of people. But instead of people receiving him, they are hostile toward him. It's so saddening. It's so saddening. Um, I don't know. Uh, in this congregation, there might be um, someone who might, you know, have heard about Jesus. Jesus read in the Bible, I mean, the, has been taught in the Bible school, I mean, uh, primary school, uh, Sunday schools, whatever, and has had. But people talk about Jesus, and when he looks around, he doesn't see Jesus. Why? Because Jesus has never come into his life. You can't find Jesus with these naked eyes. Jesus comes in the hearts. You can see him with their um, spiritual eyes. And so you, you, if you can't see him, ask him to come. Hallelujah. Yes, ask him to come. He is there. King Herod didn't know that there is another king in his, in his kingdom. So it's possible that people could be talking about Jesus and this Jesus has never been, uh, you have never seen him or even experienced him. So for you, my brother and sister, the wisest resolution will be just to work hard, find with your mind, where is this Jesus? Where is he in my business? Where is he in the relationship with my wife and my husband? With my children, where is he? If you can't find him, ask him. Um, call upon his name, that's a promise, and he will be found. The other wisest resolution we might um, draw from this is that 
is, is, is the resolve to offer him the best worship. Amen? Uh, resolve to offer him the best worship. You know, as opposed to opposing him and be hostile against him. Instead of you sitting that seat of your own throne, that ego still sitting inside your heart, seek to overthrow. Seek and ask God to overthrow you <clears throat> and let him have the place, have him the seat of glory in your heart. <clears throat> But let me just talk a little bit about uh, this idea of worship, um, because there's a, a, something strange about human um, uh, seeking um, worship, something really strange. Um, that in a secret craving demand um, to be respected, uh, this craving uh, demand uh, for the right to be heard, to be seen, to be understood also as an important person, that craving dominates over human beings. <clears throat> and I don't want us to, uh, to forget this, but that was the greatest, the, 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 the greatest uh, sin that man made. First of all, Lucifer. He looked at God and said, oh, I also wanted to be like God. I also wanted to be acknowledged the same way God is, is acknowledged, be worshipped the same way he's worshipped. And the way God, the moment he had that thought in himself, he falls short of the glory of God. And God expelled him, expelled him. And he came with the same, same, same agenda with man, because when he came in the form of a serpent, that's why he told that the lady, uh, he told, uh, uh, that's how Adam and Eve fell, because he promised something that if they ate, if they ate that fruit, they will also become like God. They will also be as important as God. Dethroning, rebellion of dethroning God, um, from worship. It is there. Sometimes we just pop out when we, we are not aware. It will happen. And where we have to say, it's me, I have to have the way. And uh, sometimes you even see your own behavior, you realize, oh, all this has been about me about me, about me, and about me. It's common, that's what we have inherited uh, from the fall. But Jesus, I mean, things must be changed in 2022. We can't remain that way. In 2022, we must seek to, get, to offer God the best worship. And the best worship is to acknowledge that God is above all. God is above all the decisions that I have to take. Um, it's all about allegiance. 
you know, our legends, and the legends will usually come in terms of crisis. In terms of crisis, that's where you really know that actually God is either worshipped or not. Because when you choose to go the God's way, you have worshipped God. Amen? If you choose to go your way, you have dethroned God from your life. It's so painful. But let's be aware of that. Opportunities to make allegiance are plain ahead of us in this year, 2022. When that opportunity comes, irrespective of um, whatever cost, remember that you have made the right choice uh, to, to, let, to let God be enthroned in your way, that your allegiance will, will go by God's will and God's, um, with what God requires us. Um, lastly, the wisest way, um, the wisest uh, resolution we can make, um, just a conclusion, and I know uh, you, the Lord has spoken to you already about this passage. I know that. But I, I looked at this and I realized that another principle I can draw from this is trusting the Lord for difficult times. 2022, we do not know what is ahead of us. But what we have read from the past is that times can really be surprising, unusual. Things do happen in a way that we never anticipated. It will be naive to think that all things will go so well. It will be so naive. So when those moments come, what do we do? I suggest that we trust in the Lord for him to carry us through um, just as um, has been with Joseph, Mary, and the baby, Jesus, baby Jesus, God will send angels from heaven. He will bring his help when you trust him. Amen? When that moment comes, don't sink into depression and start worship the God of depression. Our God is there. He cares for us. He cares for us. And he will bring judgment and justice for us. As we, we go, we trust him. Even those who will, um, uh, will be led by evil to harm us, to persecute us, please note that there is a righteous king who is there watching and will judge those enemies. And trust that eventually God will triumph. We are told King Herod actually didn't last long, very few years, maybe two or three, I can't remember exactly around that, that time. He just died. God brings judgment and he brings um, and he brings, uh, he, he, he protects us. Let's just, it's really uh, uplifting, even as we conclude. So uplifting to know 
that I have God who cares, that he can send his angels, even when I can't see them, and they will bring, will come to minister to me. And I have seen that. Personally, I have seen all my life uh, during the time of genocide. How we escaped, you can't explain. My wife was, you know, told me a story of how uh, when they were running away and you know, scattered in the forest and uh, so many killings happening in the Congo forest, how all of a sudden, through the, the, you know, the shootings, her and her aunt um, just fell into a, um, a, a, it's called what, that, a sleep. Is, is it called a trance or something? I can't remember exactly. But they just slept. They just slept. And when they woke up, they found that so many people, so many bodies are around there. How would we explain that when, when they are shooting, someone gets sleep? How do you explain that? How do you explain that? You know, there's a problem sometimes, uh, I'm told, I'm yet to really experience, but there's this tendency of, um, in the West, you pardon me, um, of no believing in supernatural world. And that's a big, big, big blow for us. It is still so much blessings. Even uh, uh, stops us from receiving from the word of God, because the word of God is talking about angels. He's talking about dreams. He's talking about what? So many other things, supernatural happenings, demons, and all those things. And it's like, no, there's no such a thing. So how do you relate with the scripture when you have a difficult in believing that, that dreams, God speaks through dreams? This is what I'm reading. The angel, God, the, God sent the angel, and the Joseph received through dreams the message of escape. You know, it becomes difficult. So this year, let's trust God even in the grace of growing in understanding the word of God. That's my desire too. I have just begun. Amen? So, um, so these three might be, and you can add on the other resolutions you have. Finding Jesus because he can be found. Surrendering your life to him because it will pay off. Doing that, it will pay off. Trust God for his power to protect you and guide you all the way 2022. Remember the kingship of Herod had an expiry date but the secret kingship of Jesus Christ lasts forever. Amen and amen.